I don't know if you've um, ever been fired from a job. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands because that could like, get embarrassing, and you got to explain. Like, first time I got fired, it was a Little Caesars, um, and, um, and I'm not bitter. I just don't eat Little Caesars till this day. Do you all know what they do to their pizza? Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> um, so I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on who's been fired or, or whatever, but um, as most of you probably know, in, in 2016... I was fired from a job that I thought I would always have. And I wasn't, um, and even if you've been fired, I, I got fired like publicly and it was, um, well, it was brutal. I never will forget the day it happened. I had a, f- a friend go with me. She's an attorney and she was representing me and we walked into the room. Um, the meeting took place and we walked out of the room, down the stairs, and I walked out of the building for what would be the last time? And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't breathe. It was, it, was, it was hands down the worst day of my life. And um, she, she had tears in her eyes, but I never will forget what she said to me. Um, and Because uh, in the moment, I didn't believe it. She looked at me and she said, first of all, she said, I'm so sorry. She said, but Perry, and she, she told me, she was very firm. She said, I know you don't want to hear this, but I'm telling you that one day you're going to look back on this and you're going to say it's one of the best things that has ever happened to you. Now, in the moment, I thought she had lost her mind. I did. I mean, I, and because in the moment, if you are in the middle um, and, and I say that because some people here, just like me that day, it was one of the most painful, confusing, frustrating things that's ever happened to me. But some of you have things like that going on in your life today. Some of you online have things like that going on in your life today. And, and don't hit me with, um, well, Pastor P, I mean, it's, it's, it is confusing, whatever, but it's not as bad as yours. Stop. Don't compare pain. Your pain is pain. Pain hurts. It doesn't matter different people go through different levels of pain, and you can't compare your pain to somebody else's. I'm telling you, there's somebody here today, and you're in the middle of something sad, confusing, hurtful, frustrating, and you're ready to throw your hands up and quit. Like, you just don't understand, like I was that day. And here she is telling me that one of these days, I'm going to be thankful for this. There's no way in the world. But here I am four years later, and I can tell you, I can tell you that even though I would not have chosen this path to get where I am, I'm healthier mentally, emotionally, and physically than I've ever been in my entire life. I'm 49, and I feel 29. I'm telling you, I'm at, I'm at a really, really, really great place. So when she told me that day that the best is yet to come, it, it, was, it was something I didn't believe. But today, this is something I believe. I believe it with all my heart. I believed it before Donald Trump ripped it off of me and tried to start going and telling people. Like, it was mine first. Like, I, I believe this. And the reason I believe it is because I've seen it in the scriptures and not only have I seen it in the scriptures, I've seen it play out in my life. And not only have I seen it play out in my life, 
I've seen it play out in some of your lives as well, and I believe that throughout this series, I'm going to see it play out in even more people's lives. Because if you're in that season of hurt and pain and confusion and frustration, there's nothing I can say today to make it go away. But I promise you, one day, you're going to look back and say, I'm so thankful that the Lord brought me through that because here I am on the other side and I'm a better person now than I was when I went through that situation. I promise you it can happen. I know it's happened in my life and I'm going to show you today from the Christmas story. Now, let's go ahead and acknowledge right off the bat that the Christmas story is weird. Now, if, if, you're, if you're a church person, the more churched you get the more normal the Christmas story is. But let's take our church lenses off today and look at the story for what it is because it's weird. But it encompasses this idea that the best is yet to come. So there's a girl named Mary, and she's just 13, 14 years old, hanging out in her little village, doing what? Village people do, village people, village people. Y-N-C-A-C-S, it's the last service, so Adderall's gone, all right? So Mary, Mary's just hanging out in her little village, and this is how the story starts. This is where we're going to start. Mary shows up, or Mary's hanging out, and Angel shows up, and this is what happens. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. Now, let me, let's just stop right there and say, that's a bit unusual. If we had a girl named Mary, and if you're in this room and your name is Mary, I'm not picking on you. This is, like, this is in the Bible, so that's the reason I'm using the name Mary, because some people just walk around offended, and you got to say that. You're either Mary or Karen, all right? So you got to address both. <laughs> so let's say you're at the, at the door, and Mary walks in. She's got a smile on her face. You go, Mary, you, you look so happy today. Why are you so happy? And she goes, I heard from God today. And you go, Oh, wow, that is amazing. Was it, a, was it a song you were listening to on the way to church? Was it, a, was it a sermon you were listening to? Did you read your Bible? Oh, no, 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 no. An angel showed up in my bathroom while I was getting ready and we had a conversation. Oh, okay, Mary. Mary, would you, would you come over to this nice police officer? Because he wants to search you. I mean, like, like none, of us, none of us would buy that story, would you? That an angel, but, you know, God speaks to people in different ways and in different times and in different places. And he's speaking to Mary through an angel. And, and the angel told her, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. So she didn't even get to have like a gender reveal party. Like he just kind of went ahead and ruined it, everything. And they didn't get to shoot bow and arrow and blow up the pink and the uh, blue balloon or whatever. So you give, and his name, are you to give him the name Jesus? Now, I love that. I love that angel went ahead and told Mary the name because she wanted to keep Mary and Joseph from having the whole argument about how we're we going to name the baby and they're on Google. and they're trying, like, You know, baby names have split people in half. Like they, they've split families. Like we're going to name him after your dad. The angel said, no, you're going to name him Jesus, which was just a subtle reminder to me that God's going to handle the details that we don't have to worry about. Like some of us are worried about things right now and God's already worked it out. God's already handled the details. The way that I personally learned to make it through life according to the scripture is every single day you just wake up in the posture of surrender 
sinner, not worrying about the details that God already has handled in the first place, right? So that was his name, and that was for free. One person clapped. Thank you, Mom. Um, anyway, he, was, he will be very great, which if you're a mother, that's what you want to hear. Hey, you're going to have a kid. He's going to be great. So you're going to be able to take your camel and put perfect child stickers all over the back of your camel, right? Because some of y'all have those, and your kid ain't that perfect. We got him back in G-Kids right now. Anyway, so you'll be very great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What you think about that, Mary? Now, if you're, if you're Mary, and an angel shows up, and tells you all this stuff about your kid. Is this something to be excited about, yes or no? But, but, did you know that there are some people on this planet, just some, that really do have a hard time believing God and taking him at his word? Oh, I'm, I'm one. By the way, just, just so you know, have you, ever hard, have you ever had a hard time believing God or taking him at his word? Anybody? Anybody? Any, okay. The rest of people, no, I always believe God. Okay. We need you to see the police officer that Mary saw because you're lying or high. Um, and we're just glad you're here, but we want you to quit both of those. So, so the angel shows up and tells Mary, oh, this wonderful news. Did you, do you know that Mary had a hard time believing this? If Mary... The mother of Jesus wrestles with faith after she has heard a message from an angel. I don't think God gets mad when we struggle to. I'll prove it to you. The angel, the angel, this is the best birth announcement ever. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. Can you imagine that conversation? Mary's sitting there going, uh-huh, uh-huh. Name of Jesus, king, ruler. Got it. Thank you so much. I have a question. Like, I don't know much about angel and angel people and the, the wings and everything. Like, I don't, I don't know what happens. I, I don't, but, but we're humans. And um, there's this thing. Uh, Oh, God. Do you have some Legos? If you have some Legos, I can show you, like, how that works and everything. Like, you have never used Legos before? Come on, people. I mean, it's a legitimate question, is it not? Mr. Angel person, sir. Angel, sir person, wing person, sir. I need to know how that's going to happen. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit. Oh, well, that clears it all up. Thank you very much. Just, who's that? Like, because Mary didn't know. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the, the Son of God. Okay, th this is unbelievable. This right here, in other words, the, holy, um, the angel tells Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to do a work inside of you that nobody else is going to understand, and most people aren't going to believe, but one day, people will not be able to deny. Don't miss this. You'll go insane 
trying to explain what the Holy Spirit is doing inside your life. Other people won't believe it. Because let's take our, let's take our church lenses off for just a second. We wouldn't believe this. Let's say Mary showed up. She walked in the door and she got a bun in the oven, right? Now, men, you never ask. You never say a word. If the baby's coming out, you don't even, oh, I didn't know. Like, you just don't ask because that can go real bad real quick. It's never happened to me, but I know a friend. <laughs> but ladies, have you never known? And if you're not from the South, here's what you need to know. If you get pregnant and your belly just starts getting big, Somebody at Target's going to rub your belly whether they know you or not. They're going to be like, oh, my gosh, that's so cute. And, and I saw a girl one time, I cracked up laughing. The shirt said, if you didn't put it in here, keep your hands off of it and had an arrow pointing down to her belly. I was like, that is a great shirt right there. But let's say that Mary walked in, and, and we know Mary, and, and, and Mary's showing a little bit. And, and somebody has the courage to say, uh, so Mary... You uh, having a baby? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm having a baby. Okay. Um, you, and Joseph, you and Joseph, did y'all get, get hitched yet? No, 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 no. We're not. Oh, okay, shotgun wedding. Been to those? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not judging. Oh, Joseph's not the father. Oh. Okay, well, we're going to go on Mari to figure out, like, who, who did it? Like, like, who's the dad? I mean... Know that about? Oh no 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 no! Don't worry. It's it's the Holy Spirit is the dad. Oh, you know we have a line over here with this police officer. If you just kind of want to, <laughs> would did anybody believe this story during this time? No. You'll go insane trying to explain what the Holy Spirit is doing in your life. Sometimes you just kind of kind of walk through this. And so, so Mary did, and, 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 and this is what Luke tells us. And Luke goes on to tell us this. He says, at that time, this is talking about the birth of Jesus on down the road, like nine months. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was governor of Syria, all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. If you can believe it, there was a time in the world where the government was obsessed with numbers and counting people. I know there's nothing like that going on in our nation today. I'm just saying it happened thousands of years ago, all right? Now watch this. And because Joseph was the descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth and Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. The King James Version said she was, quote, great with child. This was the, now, it took about a week to get from Nazareth to, to Bethlehem by donkey. I have a question for the ladies in the room who have had a child. You've actually had a child. A child came out of you. I'm just, I've just heard, I've just heard, I don't know this for a fact because I've never had a baby. I just heard that the last week of pregnancy is the most uncomfortable week of your entire life. Would this be true, yes or no? Okay. Got a strong yes right there. <laughs> wow. Because I asked the men something two weeks ago and they're like, <laughs> yes. 
now let me ask you another question, ladies. The last week of your pregnancy, like the last week, like before you had the baby, what if your husband came to you and said, baby, let's ride a donkey. <laughs> donkey. Let's ride a donkey. Just all week long. What you think? I mean, nobody, no, there's not a woman in the room that thinks, that, well, let me ask you a question. As Mary is riding the donkey, the last week of her pregnancy, is she thinking, the best is yet to come? No, she's thinking, okay, are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me right now? Out of all the times, and you know, you rule, you rule, you reign, you control the universe, it's all in your hands, uh-huh. Then why am I on this donkey going to Bethlehem? And not just Mary. Think about Joseph. I mean, Mary literally rode his ass for a solid week. He didn't have, he didn't catch a break. I didn't think the men would get that happy. But, like, obviously you know somebody that went through an experience like this. Is Joseph believing the best is yet to come? No, Joseph is thinking, you, you saw an angel. Could you bring him back? Could you bring him back? Because if he's so powerful, why didn't he just show up and fly us from Nazareth to Bethlehem? So, so this is a problem. And then, watch this. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. If you're Mary, you're like, oh, this is perfect. This is perfect. You're in Nazareth. You've got friends. You've got family. You've got a place. You've got arrangements. You've got circuit. You've got everything that could go good. And then God's going to take you to Bethlehem where you don't know anybody. You don't know anyone. You don't have a right place. You don't, every, God had to take Mary, don't miss this, out of, out of a situation where she was completely comfortable and put her in a situation where she had to completely trust him. Do you know that God sometimes has to take us out of our comfortable situation so we'll actually pay attention to how desperate we really are for him? Hey, it's what he did to me. He removed me from a comfortable situation so I could learn how to depend on him and, and try, instead of just preaching about it, I had to learn to live it. So if God's removing you from a situation where you're completely comfortable, it's probably because he's getting ready to deliver that work that he's been doing inside of you. And he can't do it when you're here. He can't do it in Nazareth. He's got to bring you to Bethlehem. And notice this. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly, wrapped him snugly. Swaddle, woman! I've been watching Christmas movies, sorry. In strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. Now, if I'm Mary, I'm a little mad. Are you kidding me? You couldn't have got us a hotel? Creator of the universe, angels, sir, you could not have booked us a hotel, but you brought us to a place, and, and when... When we say manger, listen, most of us have manger scenes. They're all jacked up anyway. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a manger scene. I'm just saying you got a little manger scene, a little, little barn thing there, and there's the shepherd, and there's the wise men, and there's Snoopy, and there's, I mean, God, he's just in one I saw one time. 
and it's all beautiful, but it wasn't beautiful. Most scholars believe it was in a sheep cave. He was born in a sheep cave. Can you imagine how that smells? I don't have to imagine. I've actually been in one. Can you imagine how sanitary that would have been? And, and put him in a manger? That's one of the... We, we've made it so beautiful. It wasn't beautiful. It was a mess. Put Jesus in a trough where, where animals drank and ate from. But there's a reason for this. I believe God's showing us right here that there's not a mess in this room that Jesus can't identify with. He wasn't born in a palace, and he wasn't born in the temple. He was born in a mess. And if you're in the middle of a mess today, there's nothing going on in our lives that Jesus can't identify with because he started in a mess. And he's the perfect example of what it looks like when, Jesus, when God takes a mess and turns it into a miracle. See, all of, us would, all, of us, all of us would agree with this. All of us would agree that, that God is at work in the story. Would you agree that God's at work in the Christmas story? Because we, we're 30,000 feet out. We can see the start, and we can see the, the resurrection like the empty tomb. Like we can see the whole thing. And we can say, yes, Pastor P, I agree that God is at work in this story. Great. Here's the other thing I want you to get. God is at work in your story. Don't say God's at work in the Christmas story, but he's forgotten about you. I know it feels that way. It felt that way standing outside the day I got fired. It felt that way to, to Joseph when he couldn't even find a good place for his baby to be born. It felt that way for Mary when she felt probably completely abandoned by God because the angel showed up, but she never heard from him again. And personally, and she's in this sheep cave giving birth to her son in messy conditions. But it all worked out okay. Better than she could have imagined. Now, Luke and Matthew are two of the, two of the gospel writers that tell us about the Christmas story. Like Mark and John, they just kind of skip it and then just dive right in. But Matthew tells us about another account. Matthew tells us about a group of guys that showed up called the wise men. Now, the wise men were astrologers. They were studying the stars in order to predict the future. So they would have been the people writing the horoscope. Now, I know nobody in here has ever read your horoscope. I can't pass it up. Like if I'm... If I've got a newspaper and it says my horse, I know I'm not supposed to, but hey, I, I mean, look, you, what you see is what you get, right? I'm going to read, because I just want to know. But they're always so weird, aren't they? They're always so obscure. Something unique will happen to you today. Okay? Now, it's true the other day. I was sitting at Waffle House, and between me and the booth next to me was a shower curtain. <laughs> I thought, oh my gosh, they got it right. We've been wearing masks. We should just wrap up in a shower curtain because apparently Corona can't get through the shower curtain. Go to Waffle House. You're safe. You can get scattered, smothered, and covered in a shower curtain. That's the greatest thing in the world. So these astrologers are out, and they're looking at the, the, the stars, and they're, 
not doing it for the purpose of worshiping God, but you know what? God said, you know what? That's what they're doing. I'll meet them there. And he used what they were looking at and brought them to Jesus. So they show up, and, and they show up in Jerusalem, and, and they tell Herod, we're here to worship the king of the Jews. And Herod's like, I'm the, I'm the king of the Jews. And, and they were like, well, yeah, but you know, we kind of heard it was a, it's a baby. And Herod was like, oh, well, go, go find this baby. And when you find the baby, I'll come worship him too. And they went and found Jesus. But then the angel told the wise men in a dream, don't go back to Herod. He's a trickster. He's a politician that's not telling the truth. <laughs> Here's what's funny. All the Democrats think I just referred to Trump, and all the Republicans think I just referred to Biden. Isn't it funny how you kind of filter things? I'm just saying it's in, I'm just reading the Bible story. So in Matthew, after the wise men were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Now, in this unique that the, the angel actually appeared to Mary, but had to appear to Joseph in a dream. Don't ever get mad because God speaks to people in different ways. He's going to speak to some people through dreams. He speaks to some people through songs. He speaks to some people through worship music. He speaks to some people through the Bible or messages, but he's speaking. But he had to show up to Joseph in a dream. Get up. And if I'm Joseph, I'm like, are you, are you for real? I just, got, I just got here, Mr. Angel, sir. You know, you obviously forgot to make reservations. And so I had to figure out how we're going to get this sheep cave cleaned. And the wise men showed up and they gave us some, some gifts. And we had some money. We we're able to kind of unpack and get a little situation, you know, situated. And you want me to get up? All right, just for amusement purposes, where, Mr. Angel, sir, would you like me to go? Flee to Egypt. Okay. I am not going there. Because Jewish people during this time period, they didn't go to Egypt. In fact, if you were to ask a good Jewish person in this time, would you go to Egypt? They would have said, I would never go to Egypt. Because Egypt represented a place where they were enslaved for 430 years. And so you would never go back to the place you, were, you had to escape from. Five years ago, if you'd asked me, you know, Pastor P, when you go to rehab, stop. I will never go to rehab. Let me pause and say, be careful. Be careful when you say what you will never do. Because sometimes the place that we said we'll never go to is actually a place God has to take us through in order for us to see the miracle on the other side. You want me to go to Egypt? With the child and his mother, okay, so I'm going I'm to take them along. Stay there until I tell you to return because Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Oh, well, thank you for throwing that detail in because I'm out. We're going to bounce. That night, that night Joseph left for Egypt. Don't you wish that, that there were just times in your life where you were immediately obedient to God? Like, I, I usually am the guy that's like, ah. I mean, could I get a sign or something? Like the great theologian DMX said, Lord, give me a sign. <laughs> like, I need a sign. What you need? Uh, let me see a Smurf. 
if I see a Smurf, I will believe it's you. Like, I'll ask for something ridiculous. But Joseph acted immediately, took Mary, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. I called my son out of a place where my people experienced brutality and slavery and hurt and confusion and pain. Jesus can identify with whatever we're going through because he got called out just like God's going to call us out. Now, this is what's crazy. It goes on to say, Matthew goes on to tell us, Herod was furious when he realized that the wise men had outwitted him. Now watch this. He sent soldiers to kill all the boys in and around Bethlehem who were two years old and under based on the wise men's report of the star's first appearance. Never seen that on a Christmas card. Never seen that on a manger scene. Can you imagine the hurt and the pain and the confusion going on in Bethlehem? There was hurt and pain and confusion because of a political decision. Nobody knew how to handle this situation. And Matthew goes on to tell us, when Herod died, let me stop right there. For me, I, most of y'all don't have to guess this, but I'm just going to tell you anyway, I'm a fighter. I, there's, there's three reactions, like, like fight, flight, or freeze. I don't freeze, and I don't run. I will fight. Not only will I fight, but if it has something to do with my daughter, like parents, Parents, how quickly would you fight for your kids? Like, like if, if I'm Joseph at first, Herod's going, oh, tell Herod to bring himself down here from the past. I got, I got something for Herod. What about the, like the 4,000 soldiers? I mean, you can bring them. I, I think I'll be good. If I get a break in between every one. I, but, but I'd fight 4,000 soldiers for my kid, wouldn't you? Heck, I'd f- like I would fight for my dog. Like, I'm crazy, right? But, but do you know that there's some battles that God's saying, you don't need to fight that one? In fact, don't miss this. Somebody needs to hear this today. God will handle your Herod. I have been in a couple situations where I wanted to fight. I felt like I had the right to fight, and God spoke to me very clearly and said, you can fight this battle, or I can fight this battle. Which one do you want? See, Joseph could have fought. He'd have gotten killed. So he went to Egypt, and God handled that battle in his time. God will handle your Herod. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. Do you think Joseph's getting scared to go to sleep? It's like, it's like Nightmare on Elm Street where the girl wouldn't go to sleep. Joseph's like, I can't go to sleep. Why? Well, every time I go, the angel shows up and tells me I got to do something else. So if I don't sleep, he can't talk. Finally, Joseph's like, oh, here's the angel. 
And, and I love the angels always tell them to do something. Get up. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? I just got up. I just got here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Take the child and his mother back to the, Lord, to the land of Israel because those who are trying to kill the child are dead. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So Joseph got up, and there he is, just being obedient again. Mary's there, Jesus there. Joseph got up and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. Then, after being warned in a oh, are you kidding me? Another dream? See, but, but God's always talking. Anytime we feel like we've hit a roadblock, God's always speaking. God's always moving. He's never going to leave us in a place where we don't know what to do. By the way, if you feel stuck, don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. If you ever felt like I'm not hearing anything from God and I don't know what to do, you're not going to want to miss next Sunday. I'm going to talk about it. I didn't even tell the other two services, but I love y'all more. <laughs> and my Adderall's gone. Then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee. God had to get him to Galilee. And that was weird because they started in Nazareth and they went to Bethlehem and they went to Egypt and then they came back to Israel and then they had to go to Galilee. God, couldn't you have just taken me straight to Galilee? Do you know that sometimes God doesn't take us from point A to point B? Because we're not ready for it. God's not trying to destroy you. He's trying to develop you. So that when you get to Galilee, you're ready for what he has for you. Oh, by the way, Galilee, Mary had no idea when she got to Galilee that by the Sea of Galilee would be where Jesus called some of his first followers to follow him. Beside the Sea of Galilee, Jesus would feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Within the sight of the Sea of Galilee is where Jesus would deliver what's known as the Sermon on the Mount, one of the greatest sermons ever preached. But Jesus would calm storms on the Sea of Galilee. Jesus would walk on water on the Sea of Galilee, but they're not there if they don't go through the process. I'm just telling somebody here today what you're going through even though right now it hurts, and even though right now it's confusing and painful, God's going to use it. And when you get through it on the other side, you are, you are going to be able to worship and celebrate and feel joy again. I was, I was talking to some friends from up north the other day. We're having Thanksgiving, and uh, they, they were freaked out because it's 75 degrees on Thanksgiving Day. I was like, welcome to, the, welcome to South Carolina. You never know what's going to happen with our weather. Because Christmas is coming up. Now, I've, had, I've spent Christmas in a tank top and gym shorts, and I've spent Christmas where I sat and watched it snow. Isn't it crazy in the South? Isn't it crazy how fast our weather can change? Yesterday was beautiful. I mean, beautiful. They were talking about it yesterday when I was watching the Clemson game. They were like, what a perfect day for a football game. Not a cloud in the sky. But the, this afternoon, have y'all seen the weather forecast? It's supposed to start raining. Like 100% chance of rain. 
hundred percent. And and they said local local rainfall may be heavy, which means some, something's going to flood. And then by Tuesday, it's supposed to be down in the twenties. Which for a South Carolinian, like we're pulling out like Eskimo clothes and like goggles and mittens. And if you're from up north, you're just like, oh, I need to wear a long sleeve this week. But I can remember when I was a kid, I used to hate it when it rained. Hated it. And I'd be all complaining and stuff. My grandma would come in and she's like, son, now let me pause real quick. Don't call me son. I'm not your son. But this was my grandmother. She'd call me anything she wanted. And I remember her telling me, son, you need to be thankful for this rain. If it wasn't for the rain, nothing would grow. And I, I didn't get that. But, but she grew up, like, farming and stuff, so she understood. But I remember going through the desert one time with my mom and my dad, just looking at the desert. We're driving across country, and I was like, why is this like this? And they were like, oh, it never rains here. And I understood that even though I didn't like the rain, because when I was a kid, if, I, if it was raining, I couldn't go outside. We didn't have devices and stuff, right? And I'm not cracking on that. I'm just saying we had to go play outside. Our moms, you, you remember your mom and dad would be like, go outside. And if you didn't come home for eight hours, it was okay. Like, it was fine. They didn't even check on you. But I couldn't go outside if it was raining, and rain always seemed to bring me down. And some people here, that's the situation that you're in the middle of. Like I was in 2016, I was in the middle of the rain. Some people here are in the middle of the rain. And it caused me to think of a passage in Isaiah chapter 6. Where Isaiah writes in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, it was the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. Do you, do you know that sometimes tragedy has to happen before we can see Jesus clearly? He, he didn't say it was the year that King Uzziah lived. He said, when King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And he was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple, attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Notice, Isaiah's circumstances did not change, but his perspective did. God didn't bring King Uzziah back to life. He just said, he, the angels just declared who he was. He's holy. The word holy, when you break it down, means without sin. And if God is without sin, then so are, the, and if God is without sin and he's perfect, then so are his plans for your life. If you're in the middle of the rain, if you're in the middle of the storm, if you're in the middle of confusion, if you're in the middle of hurt, I can't say anything to make it better right now. But I can tell you that if we will pause and focus on who he is, that eventually we'll look back on this season and say, it might not be the path I would have chosen, but I'm so glad I went through it. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you'll help those in this room, God, that are struggling God, there's hurt, there's pain, there's confusion, there's even frustration in this room. For the people online watching, God, I feel it, God, I know it. 
But Jesus, I want to pray over these next few moments as we focus on you that we would stop putting all of our attention on how big our problem is. And Father, you would use these next few moments to shift our focus to how great you are. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Jesus, I want to thank you that no matter what we're going through today, Jesus, that's who you are. You are holy. And Jesus, that you can identify with every step of our journey. Right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed here today or watching online, maybe you're experiencing some hurt. You're in a season of pain our confusion, our fear, our doubt. I understand. I'm glad you're here. My hope and my prayer for you is standing right where you are right now. You would just, in your heart and in your mind, just say, Jesus, I surrender this to you. I give it to you. There's nothing I can do about it. And maybe you're saying, well, I've tried that and it doesn't work. Why don't you maybe, right where you stand right now, say, God, give me the faith to give it to you. Give me the faith to hope again. Give me the faith to believe again. Give me the faith to have courage again. Father, fill me with that faith today. Maybe you're here today and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. And if Jesus can take us through our toughest times, he can take us through anything. And if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, I want to ask you right where you stand right now, just to say in your heart, just to pray in your heart, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my Savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I receive you into my life. Take over. Take control. With heads bowed and eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer to receive Christ, if you just prayed it, would you do me a favor and hold your hand up high and just hold it up for a couple seconds because I want to celebrate with you. If you're online, I want you to do the hand raise emoji so I can celebrate with you. Father, thank you so much all day that you've saved people, that you've changed lives. You've given people new life and new hope. Father, I thank you today, God, that you help somebody know that the best is yet to come. It's not a slogan. It's something we can walk out of this room believing with our life. So God, fill us with hope and fill us with joy and fill us with peace and fill us with the knowledge that you really do hold the universe in your hands and you've got it all worked out for your glory and our good. Everybody that agreed with this prayer said, amen, amen. Are you glad you came to church today? Because I'm glad you came to church. Show up next week. We're going to talk about how to get unstuck. We love you guys. God bless.